0: I'm the doctor, by the way. What's your name? I'm the doctor. I'm the doctor. I'm the doctor. I'm the doctor.
1: Never be cruel, never be cowardly, and never ever eat pears.
0: Before I go, I just want to tell you, you were fantastic. Absolutely fantastic.
1: And you know what? So was I. I don't want to go.
0: I will always remember when the doctor was
1: me. Doctor. It's called the TARDIS, this thing. It's called the TARDIS. TARDIS. Tell me where I am. T-A-R-D-I-S.
0: That's time and relative dimension in space. The inside's bigger than the outside. It's bigger on the inside. Is it? It's bigger on the inside than it is on the outside. (laughs) Hey, we got there. Don't blink. Don't turn your back. Don't look away
1: and don't blink. EXTERMINATE! Doctor Who. Doctor Who. Doctor Who. Doctor Who. Doctor. doctor Who. All of private space, everywhere and anywhere, every star there's ever was. Where do you want to start?
0: I'm the Doctor, by the way. What's your name? Rose. Nice to meet you, Rose. Run for your life. Hello, Alon Z, and welcome to the podcast that's bigger on the inside than it is on the outside. It's who do you think Who are? A Doctor Who retrospective here on Best Film Ever. I'm your tardis pilot, Ethan.
1: Wow, I I'm trying to figure out if I'm, if I'm a companion or just a different iteration of the Doctor, but my name's Ian. <laughs>
0: I was I wasn't sure if you would be.
1: If I was, there's finally a ginger doctor. That's the thing. So, (laughs) (laughs) but the first ginger and the first Canadian—two very uh, underrepresented groups in the Doctor Who chronology.
0: Uh, Yeah, we'll we'll go with that. So we are uh, (laughs) uh, the two time lords for this, and that's what's going to be. Uh, So a little bit of context because we're going to need a bit going into what this is for the next sort of year or so. Uh, At the beginning of this year, (laughs) you are calling
1: your shot there. (laughs) Hey, I I got optimism with this. Wow, we we can harvest this when we last three episodes. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So at the beginning of this year, Ian and I were like, yeah, we should do like a talk about Doctor Who or some point, like each era of The Doctor from 1 to 13, uh, and we do it in the summer. And then as we got round to that, uh, Jodie Whittaker announced that she'd be leaving the show in uh, autumn of 2022. So instead, uh, Ian and I have decided that uh, we're going to go through Modern Who, and we're going to see each iteration of uh, the Doctor Who that we've basically grown up with and seen on TV. And go through each doctor, their first appearance, their last, some of their best episodes, and just sort of how the the character and the lore has changed uh, overall. Because I think we both have a, a big history with Doctor Who as as fans in in some way or other. And I've talked for a long time, so I'm going to hand over to Ian to give his uh, his tuppence there.
1: See, it's always uh, it's always weird when you first start off. You're know, like, ooh, I've been talking for a long time. Is that okay? <laughs> No, no. Um, As much as we're going to be doing this kind of as an episode by episode breakdown, it's not going to be every episode. It is these key sort of important um, episodes that are important to either the character or the overall narrative or um, are outstanding for some other purpose. Uh, that fit into because originally we were like oh we'll just break it down we can do this since 15 months away we can do this in 15 episodes <laughs> and our short list was something north of 30 so <laughs> um I, I remember I going, getting a hold of you
0: e. and it was like 60 and I was like we can't do this I remember
1: getting a hold of you and like I'm at 14 and I'd, I'd forgotten a few I'm at 14 and I'm, I haven't hit Capaldi yet <laughs> and I was just like we're <laughs> we may need to rethink this uh this 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 14 total episodes but I guess these would be to use Doctor Who um sort of um, language uh, terminology um, it would be despite the fact there's going to be a little bit timey whimey wibbly-wobbly it's going to be kind of the fixed points if you will in our Doctor Who um, kind of fandom, or at least as art, as, as as viewers, we got to be a companion aboard the, the the TARDIS, the silent companion, if you will. And so these are kind of the moments that were essential to our viewing experiences. And maybe it's a good time, Ethan. You kind of brought up our respective things yeah. to talk about our respective fandoms and kind of how they how they start and 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 where they went. What so other people who are out there going? Maybe I'm a, a big Doctor Who fan. I, I mean, here in the UK, you can catch it all on BBC iPlayer. All the new Who mm. is on BBC iPlayer. I think in North America it's Netflix, although I will take a look at that at some point and, and, and validate that claim.
0: But it, but what would but, be I think? Yeah. yeah.
1: But what is it that makes? Uh, what is it that as I sit here, I've actually got my salt shaker, which is a TARDIS. I've got a pepper but it's the same thing. <laughs> and I have a coffee the coffee cup and my first teaching mug when I moved over here was a square TARDIS, and I'm 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 fully willing to admit the first time I tried to drink it, I didn't realize it's going to come out like the entire unlike a, a circular <laughs> cup where it directs the flow to one key point so like it like ran down the sides of my face i had to learn drink to the corner that's what you want to do <laughs> but but sort of to, you want to talk about maybe your um your your entry point uh, when did a doctor show up and grab you by the hand and say you know run, run run for your life and get in
0: uh it was actually with the episode we're gonna do today because obviously uh I'm a, I'm a 2000s kid so when doctor who came back for the revival in 2005 it was like the big thing everyone in britain sort of knew what doctor who was but like Not every single thing. They knew that there were doctors, there were Daleks, there were TARDISes. But I sat down, watched it in 2005 because it was the big thing in the UK because we didn't have that much like culture. The British culture uh, for media was like soap operas, James Bond and like Doctor Who and Harry Potter. And that was it. So when Doctor Who came back, it was the big thing. And you, you fall in love with it. You, you really do, because it is it is the thing. And I was in that perfect time period, sort of like uh, what you and Liam said when we did uh, the Star Wars films. I was at the perfect age as uh, Doctor Who went on for, through like most of my formative years, from like five to 14, 15. It was, it was the big thing. It was always, oh, did you see Doctor Who? Can you believe this? So when each Doctor changed, it was a massive scandal, like a massive thing in the country. Now it's kind of... Divid, but it was that perfect point every birthday party was doctor who themed every kid got doctor who presents and like it was just it was there my entire childhood
1: yeah uh mine um i'm 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 a little bit older than you i mean i'm a generation up Uh, i think i I was probably too young to appreciate doctor who in the classic era because it ends around what 85 i want to say 85 86 uh 89 yeah 89 is 89 a tv movie uh i i want to think 85 I, 86 yeah. is the last uh episode i did have something down in the note here mm. somewhere uh i've been off here since 89 maybe you're right so uh, i think i think i was too young i think i missed it plus yeah. the quality it didn't have the hype machine it was kind of you know it was dying a slow death uh from from all no disrespect to the sylvester mccoy fans out there but uh that seems to be more or less the um lineage of it so I pick up I saw I remember the iconic shot of the of the of the phone booth as I thought it was hurtling through space but then it got all like you know bad production value monsters and I was just like I don't get this and then it wasn't until I moved back over to England and I was just moving over it was right in the overlap between Tennant and Smith I think Smith had done a season but on, like, watch or any of the uh, TV stations you can over here that, that play, you know, reruns of Who and whatnot. It was a fairly decent mix of Tennant and uh, Smith. And my first live episode, we'll talk about in many episodes from now, <laughs> but it was Asylum of the Daleks. And that's kind oh, of wow. what kind of hit me. So, the, so you know, my, 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 we'll talk about a little bit more an in, in our next episode where we talk about uh, a different episode. Um, but, you know, my, my, my first experience was Daleks. And, going, okay, who are these guys? Why are these so important? And they seem to be important. I was like, all right. And all this iconography. And so I became very Doctor Who obsessed. And, unfortunately, it's right when Doctor Who kind of tipped the tipping point of being really cool.
0: Yeah, yeah, 2014 is like really that point Basically
1: the the Capaldi handover, if we're being honest here And there was something that was kind of lost in that As far as the cool factor went Um, And so I I think I missed all the cool merchandise I I got the tail end of it, but really um, I I missed the the, sort of the key point where who was everywhere Uh, Mm. Unlike Harry Potter, which lives forever Doctor Who had a very definitive (laughs) shelf life as being the cool thing yeah. So uh, that was my introductory point. I, I kind of, I mean, in many ways, you know, he's like, you know, a geeky Batman, you know, he, he, he won't kill. That's his one big rule. Yeah, uh, He won't kill, but he's kind of a lone vigilante. there, trying to right the wrongs on behalf of people who don't appreciate him. Uh, so I think there's something in that also you know they tend to be big personalities which which i could definitely resonate to it was always the doctor it wasn't the monsters it wasn't the companions the appeal is the doctor in all of his iterations which is a wild concept to even sort of uh grapple to begin with so uh so yeah, I did take a look. It turns out that Doctor Who appears to be available for streaming on HBO Max in the United States. Oh, wow. So watch your friends, watch your Westworld, watch your Muppet show, do all that stuff, and uh, and then and then continue on with That's where you can get your companion pieces.
0: And if you're here in the UK and you want to see the classic Who, which we'll get to at some point in the far future, you can watch <laughs> all 800 episodes that have been uh, recovered. Uh, so far in the archives on BritBox TV,
1: <laughs> pretty much the only reason to get a BritBox account. But yes,
0: it was the only reason I had mine. Is it okay? <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> So the one streaming service I think I, I haven't had yet.
0: <laughs> it's it's just Doctor Who for me, yeah. which is with the amount of episodes, I, I went for it.
1: Value for money as long as you're watching it. So then, obviously, once I got to the, the that sort of thing, I then dove back in. At that point, you could watch the new Doctor Who on Netflix, and so I went back and caught up. Uh, and sort of, you know, so all my, all my timelines, it was a very river song. All my time, I had like three different timelines going on at <laughs> once, all diverging onto one central point. So when I was at the height of my Doctor Who fandom, I mean, I was I was devouring a lot of Who and like, you know, if there was a Who episode on that evening, that was, I was in a relationship at the time, that was our plans for that evening. We were, Doctor Who was in the evening and then what do we do to get to that point? But absolutely, mm-hmm. uh, th- that was what our Saturday night was sort of focused around. Uh, as, as, you know, doctor who manages to transform itself away from kind of a kiddie show into something a little more, a little more mainstream, a little more young adult. And by that, I don't mean young adult, like hunger games. I mean, young adult, like into, you know, your twenties kind of thing. I think that teen into the twenties demographic. So yeah. Hmm.
0: I'd say so. I think there's definitely, there's an overlap with the internet culture as well for Doctor Who for a a period of time. Like, your Twitter, your Tumblr, you get all of that. Like, you grow up around, because fandom is right when, when fandom becomes a big thing, it's right when Doctor Who's at its height of popularity.
1: Mm Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, your your Supernaturals, your Sherlock's, your Doctor Who's, your, your MCU getting its footing.
1: But even, even the invention, or, or the invention, but, the, but the, the concept of the regenerative Doctor. And then you get to choose which one's your Doctor. And it lends itself mm-hmm. really well to things like Comic-Con. It lends itself really, you know, sort of universes that are distinct to each Doctor, but somehow do show some overlapping similarities. And those are really interesting as well. And some of the younger Doctors, I'll say, uh, I think were highly gifable. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. In, in a time when when meme culture and GIF culture is uh, is was rising in, in importance, uh, which says something strange about us as as a, as a people. But but no, it, was, it was it was the right show at the right time, and so yeah, yeah.
0: Uh, time, funny, funny. Uh, so with all of that, I think we'll we'll get into uh, our first episode of this series, which is uh, unsurprisingly. The first episode of the series
1: as well. Yes. Imagine if Rose. we skipped. <laughs> imagine if we skipped episode <laughs> one. We're
0: like, nah, we'll go. We'll go to the Slivvy episode. That that will make sense. Yeah. Uh, but Rose, it's it's obviously it's the Ninth Doctor's first appearance. It's the first episode of the revival. It sets everything in motion for everyone who needs to know what the Doctor is or needs sort of yeah. uh, a remembrance of what's going on. Uh, and I think it. It does its justice, because the history behind this is obviously Doctor Who was a thing beforehand, 1963 to 1989, and got cancelled after its 26th season. It had the movie, which I found out, and I saw was in uh, 1996 with um, Paul McGann. And uh, in the the very late 90s, a TV uh, producer called uh, Russell T. Davies, who I'm sure no one's ever heard of and worked for this show... (laughs) starts lobbying to the BBC to try and revive the show because he was a massive fan of Doctor Who, just a massive nerd o- overall. And after like 10 years trying to get it, in 2002, they finally cave in and decide to discuss it. So it gets announced in September of 2003. Uh, P- uh, not Peter Capaldi. Uh, Christopher Eccleston gets uh, cast in 2004 because uh, he would worked with uh, Davies on another show at the time called The Second Coming, And he personally asked Davies to consider him for the role because he wanted to sort of move away from being a serious actor, uh, even though he'll leave this to be typecast um, (laughs) later, which I find very entertaining, though other things as well that we'll get to later on. I do Uh, think it's
1: important, though, with Eccleston's casting, uh, it's it it provides credibility for this new series right off the hop. It's not some naff remake. It's, oh, they got Christopher Eccleston, who'd been, you know, a, a burgeoning movie star you know what i mean like he he had yeah. a fair resume so to put that name up on the um up on the marquee so to speak absolutely massive a massive get for the bbc a massive get for russell t davies
0: especially cuz at the time he's still he's still relatively young he's like very late thirties, maybe mid forties. He's sort of in that, that period because they wanted to, they say they wanted to make it sort of very 21st century, but have its core cool values sort of still, but be like eccentric and edgy, which they kind of did with uh, the costume as well. Cause it was, you know, very leather and modded and cool, but still stripped down yep. uh, there. So with that, a little bit of context there. We're going to just jump into the episode with the iconic intro music by Murray Gold, who uh, we've had a conversation often, uh, the, the podcast about uh, sort of how we do the music for this. And there's so much good Murray Gold, Dr. Hugh music, just from the intro oh. alone to everything else.
1: The Eccleston era is just... You can argue it's a strength or it's a weakness, but there's a they were never afraid to just... Do shots of running with with Murray Gold's score underneath, mm. and uh, they, they used a lot of it. And uh, at times, it could be a little bit padding for time. Um, that's not to take anything away from the quality of the music, though, which is generally excellent.
0: Oh yeah, so we have that. We get the silver logo of Doctor Who, uh, which I think everyone always thinks it's like yellow every single time. But this is their first season. They yeah. go back at it. And uh, we go to the episode Rose, written by Russell T Davies, and we get a slow pan in space to show Earth, and it's rotating. And we zoom very quickly oh. into the UK, into Rose's bedroom it, for a daily routine. And this brought nostalgia to me. What for this Google like Maps? Feel- no, it's just a feeling <laughs> of every Doctor Who season would have like some point um. where, they're like, we'll have we'll have the Earth, and then we'll just zoom straight in. It was like that Doctor Who comfort uh, opening, I think. I just wrote in my
1: notes, I always wonder, and I still do, because uh, there's a clear leap in production values when Stephen Moffat takes over. Oh, now, yeah. I know it's not what it was back in the day. I know this is a massive step up, but I look back at the difference between Russell T Davies, and it's for the entirety of the run, Russell oh, T yeah. Davies production values. And then Moffat and the first episode, which we'll get to. But I look and I go, what could Russell T Davies have done with a the sophistication that the show is allowed to do at that point? But b um, with with the production values, because uh, this has got some warts on it. And uh, but but this this opening smash cut is not necessarily it.
0: Yeah, we'll go, we'll go to that one that I think you're talking about later and I'm going to have fun with that. But we see uh, Rose Tyler, played by Billy Piper, who at this point in time had been a semi-famous uh, singer, pop star. And uh, they chose her specifically because uh, as a former pop star, they thought that uh, Billy Piper fit the bill perfectly as a sort of unique and dynamic partner for Eccleston because she's just the ordinary person who stumbles into extraordinary things and just finds herself there as somewhat
1: equal yeah uh, hot take i don't really get rose tyler the writing helps me in the end get what the doctor sees in rose tyler i never see it in rose tyler i think it's
0: it's one of those things because i do like Rose, and i think it's solely because of like she was, all, she was always the first companion and she was there for, for and that a decent m- amount of time. And it's that, it's that connection as well later on. I that think might well.
1: be the thing that you, you never forget your first, and I saw a t-shirt once, doctor, but I would also you never forget your first yeah. companion. Because hmm. for me, that title is to someone else. And so yeah. everybody gets compared to, 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 to that person or those persons. And so Rose Tyler, you heard a lot about Rose Tyler. And I looked back and I went, now part of it's the writing. Cause the writing yeah. for, she's not written badly. She's not written badly, but a lot of the problem is a lot of the characters she has to interact with are yeah. especially in this episode. But uh, <laughs> on the whole, uh, I don't fully get Rose Tyler. Uh, I I know she's supposed, I mean, there's a lot of shots that seem like they're just lingering on her for sex appeal. And I'm not here to sort of um, crucify the show for that. I, I realize in 2006, 2005, sorry, um, what the TV landscape was. I understand that that, that Billy Piper is probably a, a knowing participant in this Um I just, yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) She's all right. That's about as much as I got. Yeah.
0: So then from there, uh, we just sort of see the, we see the rest of her day in this episode. uh, And this intro was sort of to present Rose from uh, our point of view for the audience And because Davies wanted, like, the alien menaces throughout this episode to be easily mistaken for humans, so it's possible for Rose to mistake them, and we make the same. So we're in we're in her shoes. And as that continues, we just see the hustle and bustle of life in, in London, the good old British capital, because this is a
1: very British show, and she works in a massive uh, superstore. Also, I mean, the, the, the brave choice to open with Rose. Yes, the title's called yeah. Rose. But like we're hoping and we're wanting to see Doctor, the Doctor, and, and we don't. We open with Rose, and it's not a, a small chunk of time. We spend a lot of no. time in Rose's universe, and by lining us to her before we – it does two things. Number one, it does build a connection, which mm-hmm. I think you're right. And number two, it continues to frustrate the viewer and build anticipation for when are we finally going to see Eccleston, the new doctor, make his first appearance. And then Mm. finally, I said London. And I I do wonder if even back now, if there was any thoughts to the global marketing of... of Doctor Who. I'm going to guess maybe not, but you can't go wrong, you know, basing it in England and making it about London and not just London, but downtown London. And yeah, you know, Rose Tyler is is very much working class, but she does work in the hustle and bustle of London with all the iconic landmarks that are globally sort of easily recognizable and therefore puts us in, you know, really easy to comprehend no matter where you're from if you've seen a picture or a movie or James Bond's London or whoever's London it's it's it's, it's all the same things
0: oh yeah yeah and it, it is so iconic because that's what tourists always And like oh that's where the Doctor Who thing was or the Harry Potter or that and it's yep. it's easy easy marketing And uh, we see some more of her. We get to see her relationship with uh, Mickey, played by Noel Clark, who we'll get into a little bit later. (laughs) He he can dance and can chew a sandwich really poorly. And uh, then it's the end of the day, and Rose has to go to the basement to deliver the lottery money to uh, Wilson, who's the (laughs) electronics uh, CEO.
1: Well, first off, there's so many whip pans in this opening sequence. (laughs) So many whip pans. I'm like, I get it. You like a blurry transition. But I really struggled for a bit. And I had a whole bunch of stuff written down because she goes down and it says CEO. Now, CEO in most businesses is chief executive officer. I'm like, wait, his office in the basement i don't know if this is an incentive to climb any sort of corporate ladder and then also wait if he's the ceo why is he in the basement of one of his stores why is this some sort of posh office and it takes a while before we find out what ceo really stands for is this a normal british thing where ceo means chief electric officer
0: i have no idea because i hear
1: ceo and i think i think business suit yeah yeah uh, and the first time I saw it again today, I was like,
0: oh, wow, she's really climbing that corporate ladder. And then it wasn't. But uh,
1: she's doing the opposite. Girl, she's going yeah. down into the basement as opposed to climbing up.
0: To climb that ladder, she goes to open the door to Wilson's room. It's locked. And Rose hears a noise. And uh, because Rose, you know, she's she knows what she's about. She's going to go and investigate. Turns the light on to a room for the plastic dummies and no one else. And this is where I start a a fun tally for the series called Graham Norton Ruins Doctor Who. Okay. Uh, Because when this episode came out on the 26th of March 2005, in certain regions, including the one that we're in currently... The BBC mixed up this episode and put some audio mixing of the first few seconds of sound from Graham Norton hosting a show that would appear later called Strictly Dance Fever. Okay. So when Rose enters the room and sees all of these uh, these dummies, you just hear Graham Norton going, oh, am I here? Am I on? What's going on? <laughs> Where am I?
1: I think it's important for people in the States or something. I mean it's not Graham Norton is getting some sort of a global reach thanks to YouTube, but he is like a Jimmy Fallon type over here. He's yeah. a little bit older. At the time though, he wouldn't have been. He probably would have been very similar to the age that the Jimmy Fallon is now, actually. Yeah. But uh yeah, he's he's just a really personable, nice is he Irish? Is he Welsh? What is he? Uh Irish. Irish. Yeah. Uh, really funny, just one of the great one of the great TV personalities over here. Um and have, have we talked about the fact that the mannequins have come to life? Have we done that?
0: Uh, no, not yet. I'll oh, go uh, ahead and
1: do that. Sorry if yeah. I've, I've much like Graham Norton if I've spoiled this.
0: <laughs> oh no, it's okay. Also, this isn't the first. This isn't the last time Graham Norton ruins Doctor. Oh really? Okay. hearing again. We'll <laughs> go into that later. Um, but the door slams shut. Rose runs to the door, and as she runs. The dummy heads start turning and walk towards Rose. And this is our introduction to the Autons, uh, which were a classic Doctor Who villain uh, that last showed in 1979. Yeah. Um, And... This was done because Davies didn't want to create a new monster, and he was like, oh, the Autons meet the criteria of, like, human-looking aliens to get us further into that thing. And uh, these were difficult to film because the costumes were extremely uncomfortable for the actors and would break frequently during filming. So a lot of the CGI budget for this episode then went to uh, post-production to cover up zippers that were used for these costumes. Uh, okay.
1: Now, if you're a new viewer who, who's unaware of his stuff— um i think and you this is your first episode Uh, this is a very underwhelming villain for like episode one
0: especially because you hear the 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 plastic squeaking yeah
1: like like, i'm not i'm not hoping for necessarily the daleks or anything like that And, and props to him i mean each the return of each one is a big deal but Um, maybe i would have gone for a for a standalone first episode invent a monster Uh, though this does allow them to place them in a shop and that gets you rose tyler it just felt like they had 25 minutes worth of threats for a 45 minute episode yeah yeah
0: i've i've never um the authors have always been a bit of a, a bit of a joke i feel yeah um to be fair as a child in 2005 I was I was terrified. Yeah, but again, I think that's the the child thing. the 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 adults were, and there was like the cheapy the the cheapy campiness. I think that made them go into it. But I, I think, yeah,
1: I think the question is who who what audience are they aiming for? And I'm gonna argue at this point they don't know yet. Yeah, I'm gonna argue at this point they don't really know. This is, this could be Russell T Davies going. I remember the classic show. I'm gonna try and kind of go into that legacy, and not realizing that actually what he should be playing for. Uh, is people like himself who were younger grew up with it had a fondness for it now tweak that and make it accessible to me still in my in in my in my years now Mm. and uh i think this is a the first it's really weird because by the time we get to the next episode totally different tone totally different tone this this bit here i'm like this is silly
0: and yeah, a lot there's of a lot of silliness in episode one the episode. Yeah, a lot of uh, like actual professional reviews were like, it's a bit too campy and, and silly for for what Doctor Who should be, which they'll they'll change that when Matt Smith gets there. But I think <laughs> it's an interest. It's an interesting growth, I think, for how the show is viewed as well. Yep. So uh, Rose gets a bit scared because they're all coming towards it. They go to lift their arm. And uh, an arm grabs Rose and tells her to run. And this would be Christopher Eccle himself, Doctor Number 9, as his entrance. And this was something that was hotly debated uh, because some people of the production team wanted it to be more dramatic and they never got around to reshoot it because of budget. And uh, Davies then said, Well, we've done this so it reflects Rose's point of view uh, instead of the dramatic entrance as it would reflect the audience excitement said because the doctor's coming back.
1: Yeah, I mean, I was sitting there, I've got the same note. Did we deserve a better introduction of a doctor than this? Maybe you do it where you cut, maybe do a bit of cross cutting. So you walk around, you get the black leather jacket from behind and the head, and then you get him walking, and you just keep cross cutting until eventually the first visual of the face. Is that you can still do the arm, you can still do the pan, Mm. but Bill, it just felt anticlimactic that he just grabs her arm and says, Let's go. By the way, I'm the doctor. It's like, I think, uh... I think if you do it now, you definitely have it. You can tease
0: it and be like, Oh no, it's another one of the dummies coming to get her, grabs her, and you look up, it's a human, and it's like, Oh no. it's our hero in
1: many ways similar to what they do at the restaurant with the champagne and you can kind of go oh it's this or but it's just it was just this really weak grab arm pan over oh he's he's been he's been six inches to the right of the camera the whole time (laughs) (laughs) that's that's surprising for a sci-fi show you wouldn't even try to do anything and i I, they're holding off I, i get this they're holding off on everything to make the first appearance of everything a moment and i i appreciate that to some degree and in the same the same breath i'm going I think it weakens this moment uh, a little bit. Now, uh, we're supposed to uh, align this to Rose and her perspective is great. The problem is we know who the doctor is. You know what I mean? Like this yeah. isn't a brand new franchise. Like at the very least we know for something to do with this. So I don't, it's not like a, 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 movie where I'm going, who is this guy? And then I learn about him as Rose learns about him. This is something that I will have just the legacy of it. The fact that it is a reboot, um, w- will have elements to it. And so I, I get what he's going for. I disagree with the effectiveness of his decision.
0: It's one of those things. I'm kind of okay with it, also, because I like. I always use this as the is the it is the new first episode, so it needs to establish. But like, I I totally get what you mean because yep. it's like it's it's totally shifting. Uh, so from there, they they run to the elevator. Uh, the Autons uh, try and barge through. An arm gets through, and the Doctor rips the arm off. Uh, throws it at Rose, and Rose is like, "Oh, that's just a very clever trick." Thinking their students to rationalize it. And I think this is where we we get to see sort of the character of Rose. Is she's not as like no. as ditzy as people assume, she's and not she a- has she has rationalization and thinking behind what she does. She's not her mom.
1: Yeah. Uh, which is kind of what you can see—the apple on the tree. Like she's—they keep saying I got no A levels. I'm like, I'm okay, the end of the world there. But you know, I mean, how many GCSEs you got? <laughs> that might be the more thing. But they were, she never does mention her GCSE results. It's always just her A levels. Oh no, I
0: think she does later on. She's like, no GCSEs when I wait. Oh, no she still on GCSEs. Yeah, there's a, there's a little bit of like backstory and dialogue about like her past. But... Is this? Yeah we'll, yeah, we'll get to there.
1: Uh, we do yeah. we do miss. Uh, I just want to bring it up because I do have some key lines that are like some of these iconic. Like doctor who lines but mm. nice to meet you rose run for your life <laughs> it's just a nice mm. kind of this is what being with the doctor is you're gonna run a lot <laughs> you're
0: gonna it's, run I, it's a good introduction as well for who the doctor is for like audiences who don't know it like oh this guy is just like knows what he's about he's ve- that's very cool he's yeah got he's his cool bomb.
1: quirky yeah. uh, may, I maybe even the marvel guys might be like slow down on the quips buddy <laughs> 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 he might be overusing them um I think Eccleston, I've got my notes. Eccleston deserved better. Than, well, that's later on. Yeah, it's later on. Mm. So, uh, are, are we outside yet?
0: Uh, we're about to be. So, the doctor uh, takes Rose outside and says, Oh, well, these things, they're living plastic. Uh, they killed Wilson, by the way. Uh, but I can stop them with a bomb. So go home, eat your bees on toast uh, while I go and die. I'm the doctor, run for your life. And Rose runs off uh, t- to the other side of the street and the building explodes. And as she runs past, uh, we see the TARDIS in the in the alleyway. And we have a little little trill focus on it. Yeah. And then we just go to- She doesn't uh, notice
1: it, but we yeah. do.
0: And we, we go, go, and go, we go oh, it's the TARDIS.
1: Uh, yeah. I got to say this, CGI in 2005, 2006, whatever it was, had to be better than that explosion showed us. That's some yeah. bad CGI oh, flames happening there. i some notes for
0: that later as well. I from what I know, the production budget for Doctor Who wasn't amazing oh, I'm and sure, we awesome. get to yeah. off it, yeah. Like yeah. the BBC didn't have much faith in it so they are like we'll make this as like low budget as we can. And I think I think part of that was also Russell T Davies wanting to keep on like on the same level as what he they did in the like the 70s and 80s. All right. Uh, so then we go to, to Rose back at home with uh, with her mom, Jackie. And, uh, you know, Jackie's on the phone being like, oh, she could have died. You need to get all this money. And I, I love Jackie because of how simple she is oh. in this
1: show. Oh. Uh, what... what, what? I never cared for Jackie see I always went like I don't like Rose and then I saw Rose's home life I'm like Rose ain't so bad <laughs> <laughs> I really don't like Jackie just because Jackie is so one-dimensional now people from outside the UK I think need to be aware of it this is a bit of a stereotype that's being play, played into here yeah, The tracksuit wearing, uh, maybe a little bit too bleach blonde in her hair, maybe can't deal with the fact that she's aging and is still trying to live out her youth. Uh, so it kind of is two sort of stereotypes combining into one, but, um, and yeah, and usually people of this, I guess, socioeconomic status, uh, it's, it's just, um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I just want to say chav. It's more than just a chav, but it is kind of that, but yeah
0: it's 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 just sort of like it's very stereotypical like council estate trope kind of person i think is the the best way to do it so we meet jackie and then uh we see mickey again uh who's who's like oh i thought i thought you were dead are you okay and um as we find out it's not really the uh he he cares as much because he's like oh i'll take you out you you don't need tea you need a proper drink let's go to the pub because uh there's a football match on. So, I think uh,
1: he does care about her. I think he does want to make sure she's okay. It him with a relationship, but she hadn't texted him or called him or any of that stuff. Even in 2005, I'm sure you could have got a text message across. Oh, yeah. Um, so I think that's supposed to – but the fact that he's like, let's go to the pub and watch a game, and then he ditches her. I think it's supposed to – this whole thing's being created, so we're okay with her decision at the end of the episode.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And this is uh, all done because uh, at the same time, Jack is like, oh, you can try and get a uh, 500 pound with an interview with the mirror. You can do this. And she's thinking more about money than Rose's actual well-being and safety. And yep. this is, this is all done uh, because um, Davy sort of wanted to have these characters to, to make Rose real and give her sort of a real life. And cause it's a working class family. Uh, they hadn't actually seen that before in Dr. Who prior to oh, this right. episode. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and also something I just thought was funny. Uh, Mickey and uh, Jackie were originally going to be called Judy and Muggsy. He
1: he could have been a Muggsy.
0: I, I kind of like Muggsy just as that. He could but, have
1: been a Muggsy, yeah. Yeah.
0: And uh, after that, uh, Mickey uh, takes the plastic arm, because Rose asked her to, and we get uh, a, bit of, a bit of choke shadowing uh, with him pretending to be choked by the arm. He throws it into the bin. And the camera goes in and we get like the sickest transition for 2005 as her uh, alarm goes on, flashes again, and Jackie just says, there's no point getting up. You got no job.
1: Yep. Pretty much me on summer holidays. (laughs) (laughs) There's no point to get up unless I do things like this. I had to get up today and watch some Doctor Who. So that was my my call to get out of bed around 8 o'clock.
0: So as Rose gets up, then uh, she goes to the cat flap, because she hears it being opened, even though she asked Jackie to nail it shut. And it turned out she did, but they've just uh, mysteriously come out, because someone's uh, smacking the door, and it turns out to be the doctor yet again, because he's looking for the signal for the plastic. But uh, it seems to be the Who wrong are the plastics?
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> Oh, everyone wants to be like them. Oh... Uh, And uh, she brings the doctor in because she needs to have a discussion about what's just happened. And uh, she tells Jackie, oh, it's just the Inquirer trying to discover everything. And Jackie tries to shag the doctor.
1: Oh. (laughs) There's a strange man in my room. Yes. I was going, you're kind of outside the room, dude. But yeah, (laughs) anything could happen. So she basically throws herself at him. Uh, Totally aware that her daughter's in the next room. You know what I mean? Like it's. Yeah. I, I, very Jackie. it's very Jackie, but she Jackie selfish here's my issue Jackie's selfish yeah and i i, I don't want to go to the point where it becomes almost panto-esque actually she'd be a really good panto stepmother
0: oh yeah. she's not
1: evil but she is just ridiculously self-obsessed and uh and ignores her daughter's well-being and all that stuff and over so there's a man i must land him now i will offer myself to him oh i'm in my i'm in my dressing gown anything could happen wink wink nudge nudge pat the bed beside me to Which when he just goes was, is, it, is it no or i don't think yeah, he so
0: goes, he's like no, and then goes <laughs> off, and we get a bit more of the Doctor's character through this. Is uh, Rose is saying, "Oh, well, maybe she's should talk to the police," and she's she's like really, really technically thinking about everything. He's just looking through the through the house. sees a magazine. He's like, "Oh no, that won't work." He's gay. She's an alien. Speed reads a whole book. Sad ending. Yeah, I, I like cards, this. I
1: like this when I out. saw this in in Men in Black.
0: You know what I mean?
1: <laughs> like I'm like, all right. <laughs>
0: But no, we get this, we we sort of allude to him being able to uh, regenerate because he's like, oh, could have been worse, look at my ears. And uh, then he hears a noise and gets attacked by uh, the arm that's returned. And because of Mickey before, she just thinks, uh, she being Rose, thinks the doctor's playing around with the arm, but it flies and attacks (sighs) her.
1: This could have been a longer scene, uh, and they cut it. I'm so glad they did. I've gotten my notes. Eccleston deserved better than wrestling with a prosthetic hand. (laughs) Because it's right after episode one airs that, that we, we, we find out that he's only on for one season or one yeah. series. Yeah. And I'm just going, you look at this and you go, well, no one. I mean, the guy deserved better than this. <laughs> I got my issues with Eccleston in some places, but geez, you got to give him something to work with.
0: So as this is going on, they're both wrestling with the, with the arm to get it off of Rose. Uh, and there's sort of a gag going on so that Jackie doesn't hear it and just uses a hairdryer. And uh, the doctor just sonic screwdrivers the uh, the plastic, it disappears and uh, he goes to leave and he's uh, swanning off because he but, even goes, this is me, swanning off.
1: But there is a lot of shots of them as they wrestle this arm as well. Like they crash through the coffee table, like wrapped in each other's arms. There's a lot of sexual sort of chemistry foreshadowing kind of going on. And which is a formula they steer hard into all the way through the Matt Smith era. Is oh, this yeah. is this will they, won't they between a doctor and the companion. The great sexual chemistry that can never be uh, consummated, if you will. Um, and we see elements of it here. And I'm just like, yeah. I'm okay. It just feels... Yeah, it's it's a lot i understand episode one's got to set the vision but I, I thought maybe it was a little bit a little bit too quick for episode one it's nothing conscious but they are planting a seed in the viewer's head
0: yeah this is also like the first proper time that the doctors had like any sort of interest in that way yep um so it's like it's a bit it's a big change so as the doctor's leaving rose uh wants to know what's going on sort of threatens to go to the police uh thinking that'll scare him but he he just doesn't care and she's still wanting to know like who's the doctor who is he and he just says oh, i'm a long way from home and you're just an accident and she accuses him of like thinking the world revolves around him and it kind of does. And we learned that, uh, you know, he's been on his own for a while and he just says to her, go back to bed, eat your chips, watch telly. But underneath you there's a war going on and the plastics being controlled, not for a price war, but to overthrow the human race. And this is where we get the doctor sort of explaining his understanding of this world. Is this also the I- bit
1: where he grabs her hand? Yeah, and says so this
0: is the uh, the world's turning, and he yeah. feels it—a tiny little uh, thing's clinging to the edge of the earth. And the skin of the space. earth. I love yeah. the wording
1: on that. Well done, Russell T Davies there.
0: And if you let go, and he lets go of the hand, that's who he is. And uh, but it also it day. also
1: forces them to touch. You know okay. what I mean? A,
0: a bit, a bit more hinting at yeah. that for later on. And uh, Davies wanted to do this uh, so the Doctor could realize that Rose has something to offer to his cause. So when they're holding hands and they're running and they're also uh, doing that moment of touching, that's when they're a team. It's signifying that they work together. And he's not asked her yet to join him, but the question there is beginning to uh, ponder for the relationship later on. Yep. And then he's like, oh, just forget who I am. Go home. And uh, he goes into a mysterious blue box and rose leaves turns back to go to him but the box has disappeared as a strange sound goes on
1: and this is the next thing so we saw it earlier now we get to hear it for the first time and yeah. he's drip feeding all of these little um, breadcrumbs all of these little returns throughout the episode rather than all at once you get payoffs the entire way through so i'll i'll give him some i'll give him credit on On that, if you do have a sense for the nostalgic, he's making you wait for it. But every few minutes he's paying, he's paying you off with something.
0: And also for the new, it's it It's just more of a mystery of who this this strange, charismatic, quirky guy is. If
1: you are completely in the dark, if this is your first introduction to it, then it is more of, whoa, what's going on? Because we're aligned to Rose, and we don't get to see it disappear. We get Rose's perspective. We saw it, and then we don't see it. We don't see it disappear. Don't know if you have the production values for that. But <laughs> but but at the very least, it was there, and then it was gone. So we had to go, huh. So yeah.
0: So yeah, then we go uh, back with Rose, and she's at Mickey's because uh, she doesn't want to see him. She just wants to use his uh, computer. To which he says, "Don't read my emails," <laughs> and uh, which is like a a running theme for uh, for Doctor Who, like through its years of, "Oh, don't read my emails, don't read my browser history." Yeah.
1: Uh, um yeah um i mean it's, it's, it's amazing how today she'd have her own probably she'd do it on her phone or yeah, yeah or, or you wouldn't have to go see someone on their old crt <laughs> monitor with the big tower that's pretty much was was definitely my setup yeah, um same
0: here. and uh, she uses like the the, ma- the massive box computer to to search uh, lim- the most basic key terms like doctor blue box living plastic and then eventually typing in dr blue box she finds a website. Uh, with uh, Nine's face on it, and it's—do uh, you know who this is? It's always Doctor Who, yeah, and it's some random guy Mickey drives Rose to it's the internet cl- man's I house. Th- I want to think
1: it's Clive.
0: Clive, yeah, yeah. And it's—it's luckiest is also in London, not like anywhere in the world <laughs> of
1: seven billion people with do- the it, bar it, next to it. In Doctor Who, it's always in London. For a guy who's got right. access to infinite time and in space, spends a lot of time in twentieth century or early twenty-first century London.
0: So yeah, Mickey stays in the car because like he wants to seem all cool and and protective, and she goes to the door. There the really answers, is no reason
1: for him not to go in, except no, for except for uh, we need the side plot to happen. Yeah. Um.
0: And the kid says it's uh, one of Dad's nutters. She meets Clive, and uh, even the wife is sort of compu- confused that like Rose is a she, yep. which is like you know the the running theme of oh he's a real big conspiracy nut. And this is where we learned that the doctor's popping up all over the place and it's always the doctor. And he's theorized that it's sort of the name is an inheritance and there's a sort of passing down from genealogy because yeah. we see a photo of the doctor's face that uh, was on the website. And it turns out it was when JFK was shot.
1: Yeah, I, I, JFK shot and there he is in in, in the crowd.
0: Hmm. He's there in the crowd. We then go to uh, another tragedy, which is uh, in 1912, a photo of the doctor with a family who didn't go on the Titanic uh, before it sank. And then we go further back and it's a drawing of him uh, in 1883. I want to say it's the uh, it's an eruption of uh, one of the volcanoes. Sure. Live. Yeah and uh, as we go through like oh yeah it has to be just a massive family thing because well, there's always the same person. Well,
1: actually he does say this one's yeah. yours right yeah. and so I think the idea is that there are several different faces that do show up but it's the same faces that show up. It could have been better done if we'd had a couple like maybe there was a pile that he threw to the back that had you know Tom Baker's or, or Colin Baker's or, or, or someone else's, Pomegans, p- yeah. but someone else's, so we, the idea that you know here's the reason why I think it's a lineage but the You know, so there are several faces that reappear, but this one's your one, right? And she went, Yes. Um, I was sitting there going, How's he done all this? Because he's just regenerated according to what we find out. But then again, it's the idea being that, you know, this version of Eccleston could go back in time and take the picture of it now we see now. It's out, you know, the whole time travel paradox, different directions, yada, yada, yada. Um,
0: Yeah. I like to think um, that all those were taken. Uh, when he disappears like at the end of the episode and he's like and then he comes back and says oh this can also go in space yeah maybe
1: because for, yeah. for all we know that was six months apart yeah yeah so there is the thing with time travel movies where all of a sudden they disappear and we treat time both with the time travelers and where they've come from at the same rate and it's like no, no you can go back to literally any moment you kind of want oh yeah the key thing is not over traveling and going back too far so you're confusing people but yeah mm. um that's a, a, a fallacy in time travel movies and, and shows in general. Uh, this one, I, I think I'm okay with the, the rules as they currently sit. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. For yeah. for now, I think when we get to some older Doctors, you might you might disagree. <laughs> but I, I'm still trying to figure some stuff out. Yeah. Uh, so then, Clive was like, "Oh, but he always has a companion." And to those who have who have already watched the show, they'll be like, "Oh, yeah, he does have a companion, Sarah Jane I wonder Smith. Who it is? <laughs> yeah, Sarah Jane Smith or Dodo or any of those people." And he's like it's death and then it's that that whole thing of if the doctor's here that means we're definitely in danger
1: it's really interesting to see someone who sees him as a harbinger of doom as opposed to you know the positives we usually hear
0: and it's, I think it's that thing as well as like, obviously this is a very different tone and the, the the ear is very different to like what we've seen in the classics as well. Like he's not celebrated, but he's always been like a pioneer for for good in some way. So he's seeing him being lauded, especially on the planet he loves as like this totalitarian, like bringer of, of death and destruction. It's, it's interesting as well as that being the introduction that we get to him for the first time as a new viewer. Yep. Uh, and then we're back with Mickey, he's sitting in his car, and oh, uh, he gets eaten by a wheelie bin that burps. Uh, <sighs> I, I, I had that as a line because I couldn't be able to describe the entire thing, but uh, Davies uh, said that he had trouble coming up with how Mickey was supposed to be captured by the autons and the nesting consciousness in the car, and he decided that a plastic
1: win would work
0: because- Wait, a, did
1: you say win?
0: Yes. <laughs> A, a plastic wheelie bin uh, would work because it was instances like that, that of Doctor Who making the ordinary scary and that's Ugh. what made this show unique. Why is this I'm the o-
1: challenge that why is this the only piece of plastic that's affected in that neighborhood? Why isn't every piece of plastic in the house affected? Why is it just why doesn't the plastic at the computer go ahead and eat Rose Tyler and Clive? How does the wheelie bin know that Mickey's important?
0: I want to say it's because it, like, I think the doctor says, like, a bit earlier, like, it's imprinting because you've been with the doctor. Right, so
1: why doesn't the computer in Clive's house eat them both?
0: I have no idea. Uh, I want to say it solely because their plan later on, like, is that, like, Mickey will ask questions and that's how they do it. But uh, it's
1: it's very, very loose. The first, I mean, he's a damn some distress. They've just flipped the roles here. Um. The bit where he's touching the wheelie bin and it's like all like stretchy, like almost like some animation from a video game that's gone wrong. And it's all, oh, it looked terrible.
0: And you can see the green screen. Oh, the like green the massive, screen the is, is
1: horrendous. <laughs> I've gotten my notes. Mickey's not dealing with a green screen wheelie bin. <laughs> it's, uh, and then, and then the belt, uh, but the belching, I was fine. And then when it burps, oh, yeah. I went, this is Stupid.
0: Because you can see it's literally like someone just like lifted it, let it go, and then recorded. And it's, I always hate when things burn for. No, it's always, always like a weird trope that I've always. It's hated. just the idea
1: that it's over. Yeah. Yep. That's our joke. It's it's done. They're finished.
0: Yeah, and then we just go back to to Clive after that, and he's like, "Oh, I think he's the same man. He's a mortal and an alien." And then Rose is like, "Cool." I'm going back to the car. She thinks he's a nutter, says it to Mickey. And Mickey is just plastic. Shiny. Yeah. Very shiny. He's, um, I don't know how Rose didn't notice something. And this is the thing,
1: because this insults your intelligence, doesn't it? Because yeah. we're told Rose is smart. A whole point of this episode was to go, Rose is smart. She didn't notice anything about the students. But you can't look at your boyfriend and go, something's different about you. Yeah, yeah, I've
0: I've never understood that one. If it was Jackie, the,
1: fine. Jackie wouldn't yeah. notice. I wouldn't expect Jackie to notice.
0: <laughs> Jack, Jackie's too self-absorbed to see, but Rose oh. like, yeah. Uh, and we get the my favorite line of this episode, which is when they're talking about what they should get for food and Mickey <laughs> goes, "Pizza." Pa pa pa. I'm so glad I have a pop filter right now. <laughs> uh,
1: and then we get the uh, first. I'm like, "How does he remember how to drive?" I'm like, "Oh, he doesn't really remember how to drive that well, yeah, but he still 12. does." I'm like, "This is pants, <laughs> pup,
0: I I love Plastic Mickey so much because it's so corny, and they get in pizza. And this is this is where we sort of learn a bit more about Rose because she's like. Oh, uh, maybe I can just get a job in a cafeteria in this hospital that uh, Shanice was talking about. And uh, this where we find out that Rose left school because of because of a boy, uh, just some random boy that she's not with anymore. And you know, uh, instead of uh, focusing on that, uh, Mickey's like, "So where did you meet the doctor?" And Rose doesn't really want to talk about it. To yeah. which uh, Mickey's reply is just, "You can trust me, babe, babe, sugar, sweetheart, babe. I." it's so cordy i kind of just love it yeah so I, nice. I
1: don't mind what's his name noel clark is it yeah yeah i don't mind noel clark's performance there it's all right i don't like noel clark very much in general yeah th- uh that- before be- this yeah. is before anything came out i did not yeah. care from that much one um, thing, season one, at least with companions that we see for the, for this showdown, yeah. oh. Mickey's not written very well. Mickey's not written very well at all. and Mickey's the butt of the joke for this. Yeah, this but season. I, I was okay with him being the. Pl- I mean, plastic Mickey, I'm okay because I'm like he's supposed to be the butt of the joke. You know, fine, fair enough. It just accentuated like you know this version might be plastic, but the real version is so wooden. So it's just just <laughs> pick your pick your building material of choice. Um, yeah, he's all right. He's all right. Um, yeah, that's all I gotta say about.
0: Yeah. Uh, so then from there, uh, there's a champagne order that they didn't order, and like, oh no, take take it back, take it back. And Mickey really wants to know where the Doctor is. Grabs onto Rose, and uh, the champagne owner's is like, oh no, no, it's fine, it's on the house. And the reveal is, it's the Doctor to toast the happy couple, and uh, it the cork pops, hits Mickey straight in the forehead, envelops into him. He swallows it, spits it, chews it, and it's time for a. Uh, I bet Mickey you. Th-
1: to go I bet you at that time they were like, "This is the greatest thing!" Yes, we've pulled that shot off. It looks so great, and I'm just it's like the
0: cartoon boying that I love. That um, when it hits him and like his head elongates, like wow,
1: doesn't know so great. Doesn't know what it wants to be. Doesn't no. know who its audience is. <laughs> uh, it's just got flaws in in tone that's all and it was inconsistent and this is part of the yeah all right I'll tell you what i did like i did like uh what if i refer to them here as uh uh oh what is it i, I saw it had, oh just a cutting board hand mickey I just really like oh, cutting yeah. board hand Mickey.
0: I love that he's like smacking around because the doctor rips his head off beforehand. Oh, that's right. I, my favorite joke of this episode is like he rips it off. The doctor stops at a, like another couple's table and Plastic Mickey goes, you really think that's going to stop me? And there's something like that very sort of just campy and cute, like very Doctor Who about yeah. that. I feel that. That's a very Tennant or uh, Matt Smith thing. Uh, yeah, Headless Mickey goes on the rampage as uh, Rose, instead of thinking about herself, helps people escape, Gets uh, directs everyone to the exit. And the Doctor, Rose, and their head escape into an alley as uh, she's trying to unlock the, the gate, which has been bolted shut. And the Doctor just wanders into his blue box. Uh, and Rose's like, you can't hide in there. And she gives in eventually, enters it, and uh, it's bigger on the inside than it is on the outside. Yep uh, Rose uh maybe goes f- back in and that's what we sort of see like her her worldview of even though something's so bizarre she needs to go back to the danger to figure out what's going on and well, then goes back a couple of things
1: i think first off i think it's important to talk about the tardis and the TARDIS design because each as each doctor comes along much like their costume so eccleston is the leather wearing uh war battered version of a doctor yeah. um really maybe our most um antisocial isn't the right word, but the, the guy who might push you away type of doctor. Uh, and the leather sort of represents that and his very plain, not overly ornate costume represents, I think, that side of him. Uh, yeah. we, al- we also have a, a TARDIS that's um, not very ornate. It's got elements of, I don't know, the, the girders inside kind of look like trees. I don't know really how to describe it. Um
0: Yeah, it's sort of it's like a metallic forest
1: almost, like yeah, a great good a
0: great tree. Because yeah. it's it's very it's very empty as well, yes. like from from the main point. It's very spacious and just I think that also shows the kind of like where he is as well at that point, because he he's very empty and he's like, lonely,
1: he's the last of his kind, yeah. so how do we accentuate that? Lots of open space, make him look small. Mm. Yeah. Uh, and then I call BS that she would run all the way around outside. If, if I was coming to kill me and it's about to knock down a door, I'm not leaving. I'm not leaving the uh, TARDIS. But I guess to hit home for any newbies, <laughs> it really is small on the outside. It really is big on the inside. There it is.
0: And then we get the the whole reveal of like uh, the interior of the TARDIS. like like we said, very very beautiful. And like the lighting for that is. Really nice. And it's, uh, you know, she says the ship's alien. That must mean you're an alien. And we find out, yeah, this is the TARDIS, the time and relative dimension in space. And uh, Rose starts crying. Uh, the doctor thinks it's about uh, being in the TARDIS, but it's about Mickey. And uh, he didn't even think about Mickey at all because uh, he was like, didn't really care if he was dead or not. And Rose's like, I need to talk to his mum. You've forgotten him already. And he's just melting on the TARDIS because the plastic Mickey is already melting. And the Doctor, instead of like caring about Rose's uh, sort of human emotions, like, okay, I've got to follow the signal of plastic, leaves the TARDIS because it's a smooth location. And Rose isn't uh, entirely understanding the concept of what the TARDIS can do just yet
1: no again you got to drip feed the, these these things yeah. uh, as we go along uh she asked if you're an alien why do you sound like you're from the north he says <laughs> lots of planets have a north lots of countries have a north too might i might i say <laughs> but north of uh, england doesn't sound like the north of canada i can promise you that mm. uh yeah so they go looking for a signal um he pushes some uh buttons um he goes okay i think we're good he goes to go outside she starts freaking out going no you can't go outside and then finds out oh we're by the thames
0: <laughs> and her first question was like oh do we fly It's like no it disappears and reappears so we get a bit more of that drip feeling uh we learn why it's a blue box because it's supposed to be a disguise uh look like ni- 1940s police phone booth Yep. um and we learn also why the 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 plastics the autons are here because um their their food stock was destroyed in a in in a war and they need the earth because it has loads of oils and toxins but the doctor's got the the cure to this which is anti plastic which he'll use uh, if he needs to and they need to find an emitter which is like a a, a disher a big round round thing yeah which is the London Eye and it's it is. It's it's a cute joke, I think, to also show the Doctor's like a bit a bit out of touch with what the Earth actually is and like the culture surrounding it, and we get the first utterance of uh, the Ninth Doctor's catchphrase: "Fantastic!"
1: Oh, this serious love lover, fantastic! Oh yeah, yeah.
0: I mean every series yeah. loves loves a catchphrase. Yeah, I mean, you
1: know, it's, uh, it's Geronimo. It, yeah, it's yeah, it's part of a deal of how you establish each new doctor has its unique personality. And his um dial no, his idiolect is, is 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 part of that. What's the unique mm. things that makes that that one says that makes them different? So yeah, I'll take that.
0: Mm. So it's like, okay, we'll go to the London Eye and they start running and Something I've noticed, Rose, after like crying about Mickey being dead, is already like, okay, we're just running with the doctor to do anything else. And I think that's sort of showing her is showing her shifting worldview already. And as they go through this, like, okay, all the plastic's gonna change. Uh, the the plastic dummies, the breast implants, they'll all come alive. And they find the hatch to get into the hideout, and we see the nesting consciousness, which is just a a big orangey, yellow blob of pure cgi that could only come from 2005
1: oh it's sucked as a reveal
0: <laughs> it's a very moldy orange yeah i think is the best way to put it um and at first the doctor doesn't actually want to kill it because he just wants to give it a chance and i think that's also
1: then oh, been- we've missed the bit where they run across what i call the doctor who bridge oh yeah hand in hand for no storyline reason she has a big smile on her face and i'm like yo you were just lecturing this guy about getting over mickey's death too quickly
0: oh no that's what i was talking about when i was saying her already. Her oh Thanks. yeah
1: this yeah. is brutal um <laughs> yeah um and 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 mickey's there when they get down there there, and mickey says careful that thing can talk and i don't know about you i didn't hear any talking
0: uh the one word i heard from it was like at a point later on that it says time lord and that's about it all right yeah like it's it's
1: not much like i was expecting like a proper conversation to take place and it's just the doctor doing the bit where his dialogue tips you off what it must be saying to him
0: yeah yeah so the doctor gets the audience with a nesting consciousness and uh, he's like, oh, well, you should just, you know, shunt off. This is an invasion. You don't get any rights here. And these people, they're capable of so much more. You just need to go. And while he gives his big speech, the Autons sneak up on him and they find his anti-plastic. And they've also taken hold of the TARDIS. And we find out that uh, he fought in this same war that wiped out the, uh, the nesting consciousness his planet. And he couldn't save their planet or his. And at the same point as everything starts to uh, build up and the, the thing's about to go, Jackie decided to go in town to do some late night shopping. Yep. Yeah. And everything is like on. What, the where is she going is for so this?
1: Because in this country, everything closes at 5 p.m., it feels like.
0: I, I want to say it must be like, yeah... It must be like one be specific five.
1: shopping center because I tell you what, there's been back home in here. Back home, everything's open till nine. Every shopping mall's open till nine. Most of the shop's open till nine. Here's maybe like five o'clock, something. shut it down.
0: It is London. Things in London May, shut up uh,
1: like yeah.
0: nine-ish, ten-ish.
1: But yeah, this country's just weird.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So uh, everything's booting up and you get one massive piece of uh, lightning electric and if you told me that that was from like a YouTube video that someone just implemented, I would have believed you. It's the yeah. electric effects is about to get real, real 2005. And I'm not holding it against the show because that's the it, but it's so funny to see now. And uh, the beam is transmitting to all of the, the shop dummies and they will start moving. And thankfully, Clive is there and gets shot. Yeah. He's the first victim of the Autons, which I think is also very... Like, the, the look on his face as well, it's like, it's already begun, and he knows what's happened. And this is someone who actually dies, thinking the Doctor's at fault for this.
1: Yeah, death is, death is his companion. Yeah. yeah.
0: Uh, so then Rose and Mickey go to escape, but they can't because the stairs have gone. The, the Autons are back at Jackie's more starting to shoot. And uh, this is where Rose gets her courage to save the doctor and save the day because she's got no GCSEs, no A-levels, but she got the bronze and the gymnastics and uses that to swing on a chain, knock an auton off with the anti-plastic into the nesting consciousness, and it saves the day. And I think it takes more time for her to do that than it did for the amount of time that they're actually alive, which I love because it was the weakest invasion ever. All the autons lose control. The day is saved mickey rose and the doctor to go to the tardis and that probably took more time for me to explain than yeah. uh,
1: actually show he takes the death of a living plastic really quite easily for someone who later yeah. on would would mourn something like this yeah he wouldn't even have the anti-plastic in future yeah. iterations uh it was a strange one but of course he is a guy who is a little bit more
0: a bit more jaded at this point his
1: well. code is a little bit wobbly at this point um yeah yeah so i just got my notes hey flip phones number flip phones because they're all phones <laughs> each other on flip phones i had a flip phone yeah very
0: it, very gave cool you a, it gave
1: you a really nice sound when you hung up on someone it was bam yeah i hung up on you yeah
0: you feel cool yep uh jackie's like oh there were these plastic things you okay and rose hangs up uh not informing her if she's okay no laughs and then uh is like oh yeah uh, i did everything you're great mickey is terrified he's cowering like a dog oh he's like literally he's
1: literally got his hands around her knees yeah whimpering
0: yeah and the doctor's like oh thanks for saving me do you want to come with me and uh Go through the universe. Mickey's not invited. Rose declines it because she's got to look after Mickey, who's, you know, whimpering and clinging onto her. And the doctor leaves disappointed. And God knows how much time for him there,
1: passes. But there's a real quiet moment of poignancy when he turns her yeah. down. Like he looked because he cause he's alone. He's alone. Yeah. And we don't maybe don't appreciate it as much of a time because we don't know the fullness of his story. But there is, and it's well done. And this this episode doesn't give Eccleston much chance to actually act. But when it mm. does, he's he's pretty decent at it.
0: Yeah, uh, and then he reappears after some time. It's like, oh, did I mention it can go back in time? Rose thanks Mickey. He asks for what, and she says exactly. Runs off to join the Doctor. Oh, that's the end of the episode.
1: As the theme music plays, and it's like this weird slow motion run thing. Yeah. Oh, this ending sucked. <laughs> And she just a smile as she just runs and this yeah. felt like it was a felt like it was a 9 year old running into the all t- oh, this sucked <laughs> this was so bad
0: it's very cool it?
1: oh. even if you had her like run in and go if she's like, thank you, have her run to the TARDIS, look back and go, thanks Mickey for what exactly close the door, hear of a sound. It disappears. And we get, he goes, you know, where'd they go? And that's it. Like you can have your joke. You can have her run, but it doesn't come off as lame as this did. Oh, that was the hard part was that the whole thing. I'm just like this. It, it kind of ends on a weak note for me, uh, but that was, that was me. Yeah.
0: But yeah, that's, that's the first episode of Rose. I was going to say, what of did you Rose, think Of Rose. That's the first
1: we... episode of Doctor Who. True. The
0: yes. first episode of Doctor Who, Rose. Uh, I was going to say, what did you think about it? But I think we got your well,
1: uh, sort of your opinion there. I did a look and on the IMDb. IMDb gave it only a 7.5 as the average rating, wow. which is actually quite wow. low compared to some of the rest of that series. I think I'm probably on that note where I'm going, I probably go a little bit lower than 7.5. I probably go more like um, 6.5, 7. Um, mm. But it had to do a, it's really hard because it has to do two things at the same time. It has to world build for everybody, but especially for new viewers. But in the yeah. same breath, you have to pay off the legacy with these little reveals and Easter eggs as you go along. Um, I think as a result of doing these, the villain's not interesting. I, I don't like, I mean, it's really hard. Look at all the characters you got to create. I don't like Jackie. I don't like uh, Mickey. I'm not supposed to like Mickey, but I really yeah. don't like Mickey um i don't know who the doctor is yet uh, actually out of all the characters in the first episode i like rose the best which i'm probably supposed to because it's called rose yeah. uh i'm not the world's biggest fan of a doctor at this point not 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 episode one uh i actually have a bit of a dislike for him i don't think i Axel, actually very good in episode one i don't um i don't think the story helps him out any but i think even when he's given the chance to do not, not quiet moment at the end that was fine but some of the line delivery i'm just like how rushed were you guys When you were like, you're you're Christopher Eccleston, you're an actor, man. And not that it has to be serious, but just some of the choices. I'm going, what are you doing? So overall, everything I love about Doctor Who, this doesn't do. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, yeah, maybe it was the hard part. If I'd started with this as my beginning and it developed into Tennant and Smith, I probably look back with this with a bit of nostalgia, the building blocks of it all. I think because I got the end of Tenant to beginning of Smith, which is arguably both actors' high points in the role. Smith's beginning and Tenant's ending. Um, Because that was my entry point. I think I'm going, uh, yeah, I think. uh, uh, It just felt it felt cartoony it felt silly it didn't know what it wanted to be now thankfully it does obviously as a as someone who becomes a big uh, doctor who fan um it does fix this it does fix this massively but at this time it was just a little bit too you know what it's, it's, it's a wheelie bin that burps when it, when it, when it eats Mickey, you know what I mean? That's what this episode is. That is the, the key yeah. image from this episode for me. So it doesn't, it doesn't have the charm. It's trying to do, you can do camp, you can do silly, but you better be charming. And it didn't have the charm when it did it. So that's my issue with it.
0: Mm. I, I'd say that it's it's the it is the wheelie bin stuff. Like I've never been a big fan of the Autons. I think I think they appear at some point for the Twelfth Doctor, and if they did, I've completely forgot. But I know they appear again, and I just they're never threatening. They're always they are like a big joke thing. Like, I, I, like yeah.
1: At any point, did you feel the Doctor was really in any sort of danger?
0: Yeah. Or not, Mickey or anybody
1: is like okay, it's the Plastic nah, Man. Not,
0: not yeah, not for the first episode. I think because. I'm gonna I'm gonna give this a really weird comparison of Star Wars: The Force Awakens in the sense that you have a big history of people yep. who have already been a fan of it coming back to it, and a load of new people who haven't seen it before, and it's their jumping on point. Yep. Like this is both a, a continuation and a and a reboot. It's not a sense.
1: bad comparison. I think The Force yeah. Awakens definitely definitely pulls that balance off a lot better than this does. Um, yeah you know they didn't have to look at this and go what about that piece of junk over there don't take that it's the TARDIS that would be <laughs> that'll be, that'd be all right um yeah um I think I don't think this is very good I'm probably even being too generous because I'm but I'm being generous based on what I know it grows into and that helps yeah and even the Eccleston era I'm not crapping all over the Eccleston era as a whole right now because it gets by the time that first series ends it's in a very good place I think it's just I have no idea what was going on with the pilot. I don't know if they shot them all and then released them all. I don't know. They just didn't know what they were doing yet, which is really interesting because it was Russell T Davies doing the writing on this one, as well as being yeah. the showrunner. Like this is the vision and the vision thankfully gets tweaked. So I'm all right with that.
0: I uh, think it it does everything it needs to do, but like there's, there was a lot of space for, I think a bit of improvement, but I think that's also due
1: to, uh, I want to say confidence too. Yeah. A little yeah. bit of a note here is that, uh, of course it airs March 26, but on March 8th, did you know that this, uh, Episode leaked onto the internet.
0: Yes, yes, it was. Uh, I think it was in Canada. Was
1: being it? traded via BitTorrent. Yeah. <laughs> not like that. Torrent and piracy is not a thing we deal with anymore. Uh, it didn't contain the new arrangement of the theme tune by Murray Gold, which this isn't my favorite iteration of the theme tune, but it's yeah. it's it's all right. Um, it was traced to a third party company in Canada, which had been given a legitimate preview copy. Uh, the employee was fired, and the BBC nice. considered further legal action. I would guess therefore they didn't actually uh get there mm. uh, but i mean do you have any sort of facts about the viewing figures and stuff like that
0: yeah this was a, this ended up being like the highest viewed episode of doctor who since 1979 yeah. which was a a fourth doctor episode i want to say it's like 10.5 million 10.81 yeah, yeah. Wow.
1: so um, and then uh, I, I got a couple of critics, if you're so inclined. Oh, uh, yeah, go ahead. Harry Venning of a Stage said, uh, praise Davy's script, particularly for taking it seriously and making it scary. <laughs> now, I have no knowledge, really, of old classic Who. I've got a couple of series I've seen, but that's it. I'm going, ooh. An episode.
0: There's an episode of Doctor Who that is bad, which is uh, a spiders that uh, just screech. Yeah. Uh, and my favorite one is the second Doctor episode. Uh, and I say favorite loosely as a joke, okay. which is... Uh, aliens which their only thing is they're evil and they eat okay but they turn anyone into that and the way that you know that they're evil is they have massive orange eyebrows
1: okay That's um bad so yeah um i mean i uh, some of the ones i'd seen these have some classic who on netflix as well but i saw some of the like the real like 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 serious ones, like where like the creation of a Daleks and stuff like that. We're like, oh, okay, this actually means something, obviously. Uh, so it wasn't as as ridiculous or over the top. But anyway, Harry Vennings said he was also pleased with Piper's acting and the character of Rose, who was more independent than her predecessors but felt that Eccleston was the show's biggest disappointment as it seemed unsuited to a fantasy role. Uh, Deck Hogan from Digital Spy said the production values had increased from the classic series and praised the acting and the characters of Eccleston, Piper, and Clark, but he felt that some of the humor, such as the wheelie bin burping after Consumers Mickey, was not as enjoyable as an adult. And finally, Stephen Brooke of the Guardian said it was pitched at its youngest ever audience and also felt the episode had an overdose, overdose on humor. And if you think that humor is aimed at children, that could really be uh, grating, I imagine. So that was them. I mean, you know, um, obviously it's, it's, it's the, the song that launched a thousand ships. So uh, I think we have to give it credit for, for what it ended up creating in the end it was our entry point it is a fixed point but it's a point i wouldn't mind fixing
0: <laughs> yeah i think that's the best way to uh, to describe it. i think with you if i gave it a rate i probably maybe a bit higher i think i might give it a seven it's not like seven point i think there is a repilot they do of this uh, series later on down the line that i think does it much better than uh, the actual pilot of the show does okay
1: yeah, uh, when pro- we get
0: to that, that will be a nice comparison, I think.
1: So let me officially state I'm a six, and you're yeah. and you're a seven? Uh yeah. Okay, yeah. so there we go. So that's pretty much what I gotta say about that. Is there anything else that we haven't really touched on here? Um, no, I, I
0: don't think so. Um, though I think I'll use that to uh, to tease into our next time of uh, the next episode we're releasing of this. You very briefly mentioned uh, your first ever episode of Doctor Who had to do with uh, the Asylum of the Daleks. So why don't we just go to the first appearance of the Daleks with another series one episode, episode six, Dalek. Yes, a, 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 a yeah.
1: good a good way into the first series yeah, at this yeah. point. So Arvid's Teething problems gone. We'll take a look at that one.
0: This is the episode that when I was five years old, I had to stop watching the show for two years because it terrified me that much. Oh, really? Okay, so, excellent. Yeah, I think it'll be, be cool to look back and see if it actually was as terrifying or, like, <laughs> I was just too too baby-brained.
1: Nah, looking forward to it. It should be good.
0: Yeah. So, thank you so much for listening to our first episode of Who Do You Think Who Are? Doctor Who retrospective, which will continue until uh, Jodie uh, regenerates again. So join us on that journey. Uh, I've been Ethan.
1: And I've been Ian.
0: And if you do like this show, I hope you join us and you don't hate it because we'll just think you're a load of dummies. We'll see you next time. (laughs) Allons-y!
1: The title is my biggest issue with this episode. Yeah, yeah. Because it gives it away. (laughs) It gives away what should be a big moment. And it's kind of anticlimactic because I'm like, you called it Dalek.
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's like if you called the final episode of that series The Doctor
1: Dies And then you're like mm. It's it's David Tennant Yeah exactly oh. <laughs> <laughs> They call know, it Oh bird. what was the older Wilf Knox <laughs> <laughs>